Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, we are going to let a few people come in here. Um, hello. And this is the live Q&A show. Dr. Rogers is on his way. What's going on, everybody? Um, we're going to let a few more people come in. Uh, we've got a great show today. We've got a really, really, really fun show. Uh, lots of great questions came in uh, throughout the week. Thank you for for that, uh, to all those who submitted their question. Um, to those of you who are with us live, we're taking live questions as well. We're going to do that the last half of the show. We're going to go uh, around 30 minutes. Um, so if you have a question, go ahead and put that in. Uh, Barbara, how's it going? Great to see you. Great to see you. Thank you for being here. Um, really excited about tonight's show. Uh, Daniel, how's it going, man? Um, we're going to bring some, some common sense uh, here tonight. A little common sense. Hope everybody's checking out uh, the Common Sense MD, um, Dr. Rogers' podcast. Um, Karen, what's going on? Uh, we're going to have a, Deborah, what's going on? Um, Deborah was here last week, as was, uh, I believe, I believe all you guys were here last week. Really appreciate that. Like, we're really, um, really thankful that people hang out with us uh, every single Tuesday, Tuesday night, um, answering every question that we can and, uh, and getting to interact a little bit. I'm going to bring Doc in. Doc, what's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How are you? I'm good. As as the people who are with us know, we get to we get to use this time to kind of catch up. You've had a you've had a long day, and uh, I get some some FaceTime with you uh, here on these Tuesday Tuesday nights, um, and and we get to answer answer questions as well. So it's kind of a we get to have our cake and eat it too. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. We got a, a lot of what? good questions here, and we're going to go ahead and get to those. Uh, I'm going to remind everybody. Uh, who's with us live, um, go ahead and put your question in. Put your question in. Say hello. Uh, we love interacting uh, during the show. It makes the show fun. Uh, we're going to start off with a uh, vaccine question. Um, this is a worried mama here. Uh, what do we know about how children are faring with the Delta variant? With school returning soon, I worry about my kiddo who is under 12 and unable to be vaccinated. Uh, I am sure you are not alone uh, in those concerns. Doc, what's your, what's your thoughts? That's a good one. Uh, I feel like uh, Dear Abby. <laughs> yeah. dear, dear worried mom here, don't worry anymore. Your kid's going to be fine. Um, kids just don't get sick with COVID. I mean, it's very, very... Um, Rare, I think there's a 99.997 survival rate in people, kids and children under 18. So you're more likely to die of something else for sure. Um, so the Delta variant, all viruses mutate. We know that. And they're saying the Delta variant is more contagious and, you know, maybe more severe. But I'm not sure about that. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I believe anything that the government's told us so far about this virus. <laughs> you know, I may get a little controversial here, but I don't care. I'm 66 years old. I'm going to tell you what I know about COVID. I've treated 
over a thousand cases. I've researched it, so I probably know more than you do about it. And there's no way I would get my children vaccinated anyway, especially under 12 years old. I mean, their chances of having a reaction to the vaccine, in my mind, is a lot worse than even if they got COVID, because if they get COVID, it's going to be a mild flu-like illness. You know, kids just don't transmit this thing either, hardly ever. You know, why they're worried about that, I have no idea. So, you know, my own particular opinion is I would not get any kid vaccinated. And um, I certainly would not worry about sending my kid back to school. The sad part about it is they're probably going to make the kids under 12 wear a mask at school. As you know, and I know, masks don't help anyway. So, you know, it's just a kind of a sham on that. Now, COVID is a real deal. You know, it's, it's a bad disease for some people that are immunocompromised. And there's a few outliers for sure. But for kids, you know, I would not be worried about my kid getting COVID and I would not have my kid vaccinated. You know, I'd worry more about the the bad psychological impacts of them missing school or getting paranoid, depressed, suicidal, um, lack of um, furthering their education, their paranoia, their interaction with the other schoolmates. And, and also, I think it's a shame what they're doing. Um, and I can go off on some of the things that they're getting ready to do, but it's really shameful how how people are acting about COVID. And, um, you know, I've seen firsthand COVID for a year and a half. I've treated so many cases of it, I've had family members that have had it. You know, I've, I've just seen about everything. I've researched it. This weekend, I'm going to take a three-day seminar on uh, long hauler syndrome. And certainly COVID is a treatable illness. And I'm not saying don't, everybody don't get the vaccine. Uh, certain risk groups, you know, may do better with the vaccine. Um, but I certainly wouldn't uh, vaccinate children under 12. I wouldn't even vaccinate children under 18. Let's say a lot of really risk factors and I'd watch out for reactions, you know, as, as we're seeing every day, they're finally starting to report some of these um, VAERS, adverse events with the CDC. And I mean, look at what the J&J is doing right now. That's the one that I think I would have taken if I'd have taken any of them would be the one shot J and J because it's not an MRNA um, vaccine. But now that now the J and J they're coming out with a lot of reports of, um, you know, Guillain-Barre and a lot of neurologic problems and certainly blood clotting disorders. So, um, you know, it's funny just queuing up my patients and talking to them about the vaccine. Um, not many of my patients really want to get that vaccine. Um, so I'm not saying everybody shouldn't, you know, some people should not get it. There's certain risk factors that should get it, but, um, certainly kids, I would not be a worried mom here. The only thing I'd be worried about was, um, if they had a reaction to the vaccine and they got kept out of school or they have to wear a stupid mask all year. That's what I would worry about. Um, so do you, um, do you have any other, any other insight in terms of the Delta variant? Um, that, that might help some of the people out there? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this Delta variant. You know, suppose it's over 50% of the cases that we're seeing out. And I'm still seeing a few cases trickle in. I've treated one yesterday by phone, of course. Um, 
And then they were over 50 years old and had asthma, pretty sick with it. But, you know, we got aggressive and treated them early, getting better already. Um, so um, the Delta, I mean, like I say, viruses mutate and that's no different. Um, they're saying that the, the vaccines that they have out there are, are covering pretty good, not as good as with the other variants, maybe. But I mean, who do you believe? I mean, this thing has just gotten so out of hand and, you know, there's so much mistrust of the things that the government has been telling us. I mean, they've lied to us on many occasions, um, you know, whether it be Fauci or the CDC. And they're just, I mean, they're confused. They're, they're, there's a lot of propaganda that's become political, unfortunately. I mean, since when should a virus be political? I mean, we're all in this together, whether you're conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter. You know, this is a virus. It can be bad and you need some good information on what to do. And um, the whole thing's just been disconcerting to everybody involved. So I still think, you know, there's a lot, lot less cases. We may have some spikes, you know, uh, here and there. And a lot's yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, so practice your good hygiene, like wash your hands and, you know, don't cough in anybody's face. Um, if you are sick, stay, stay away from other people. You have to be around them. You wear a mask if you're sick. There's really not this asymptomatic spread. It just doesn't happen, really. I mean, and kids just, they don't transmit the virus like, you know, adults do. And certainly... Uh, there's just been too much paranoia about it. And so please relax a little bit. Um, you know, we learn more all the time about this thing. And, um, I just hope that uh, we continue to be on the downhill course of this, this thing. So um, for what it's worth, those are my, that's my opinion. You get, you know. No, uh, that, that's well said. And, and real quickly, because uh, we need to get to the next question, uh, would you advise um, any sort of um, supplement regimen for the kids going back to school if, if the parents yeah. want uh, same yeah, stuff? for sure. Yeah, vitamin D for sure. I mean, and vitamin C. C and D for the kids for sure. Okay. And make sure they eat right. Make sure they don't have type 2 diabetes. The incidence of type 2 diabetes in kids during the COVID has just skyrocketed because they're bored, they're at home, they're eating, they're stress eating, they're getting fat. So make sure you you feed them right, you know, avoid processed junk food and especially sugar. As you know, COVID was the roughest on diabetics, obese diabetics and people with low vitamin D. So um, just do that and don't get too paranoid, you know, that your own paranoia shows up in your kid's paranoia. So, um you know, just chill out a little bit and you're going to be fine. All right. Thank you for that. And uh, got the next question here. If you're with us, hello. Um, say hello to the comments. We really appreciate you guys uh, interacting with us during the show. It makes it a lot of fun. Um, all right. Let's go here to the second question. I saw a story about patients with COVID-19 infection being treated with a symbiotic formula. What are symbiotics? And, uh, and there is a follow-up. Um, it's can you explain the difference between probiotics, prebiotics, and symbiotics? Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, all symbiotics are, are a combination of prebiotics and probiotics. Prebiotics are food for the probiotics. You, if you take a probiotic, of course, you need to take prebiotics. And there are several different kinds. Most of them are just fiber, like psyllium or inulin or something like that. But 
Um, so you do need, you know, prebiotics and probiotics together. And that's as far as I know, that's all it is. And certainly uh, people that have COVID need uh, need a combination just like anybody else would. Look at your gut health like we talk about all the time, like we talked about in the podcast today. Um, you know, but I, that's one reason I really like the Digest Shield because it has five different types of prebiotics. It's got 11 types of probiotics. Probiotics are the good bacteria for your gut. Um, it also has the digestive enzymes, the lactase, the gluten shield, the lectin blocker. So it has everything in, you know, one little pill. So you definitely do need a, uh, that synergistic effect, though, between the pre and probiotics. So great question. That is a great question. Thank you for that. Uh, that came over from YouTube. Appreciate that. Um, okay, let's go to the next one. This is a very, uh, very common question. This came from Instagram. Can you reverse thyroid issues? Um, in certain cases, you can. I mean, if you have, say, like you have um, deficiency of iodine and all. Um, Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism, can be um, cured by several different ways. It's not that's not something that's easily curable by yourself. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, uh, can sometimes involve uh, surgery, radioactive iodine, or um, medicines uh, that you can take. But uh, it's it's a lot more uncommon than hypothyroidism, like Graves' disease, which is the most common cause of hypo, which is an autoimmune disease. So take, yeah, you can't, you can reverse it by taking care of your immune system. I've seen it happen. I've seen people have to be on a, um, a thyroid supplement or prescription medicine. Then they start eating healthier, get lean, uh, maybe take a little iodine after it's been measured, balance their cortisol levels out and their insulin levels. And, uh, a lot of times it'll get better even using some natural, uh, thyroid supplements. So yeah, you can reverse it. So, um, you may not be destined to take, um, a thyroid medication the rest of your life, uh, but you need to get it early and, you know, check antibodies and things like that. Um, and follow those levels. But uh, great question. And what you eat, you know, you selenium, zinc, these things are all good for uh, hypothyroidism if it's Hashimoto's. So going gluten-free. Um, so great question. My answer is, yeah, you can. That is a great question. A lot of stuff uh, about the thyroid uh, is, is out on our YouTube channel this week. We have a, a brand new show called Explain This with Robin Riddle. Um, she kind of dives into thyroid, uh, in a way that's a little deeper. So if you're, if you're watching this live, um, after the show, go check that out. Uh, it's called explain this. And, uh, today's episode is on the thyroid. So super cool. Um, all right, here we go. Next one is any thoughts on irregular periods? What tests do you recommend? Well, that's a, that's a heavy one there because uh, there can be so many different things. Um, depends on the age of the patient. And um, one of the last patients I saw today was uh, a young girl, I think she's 19, 18 or 19, with always irregular periods and um, a lot of PMS symptoms and all, and um, sometimes painful periods. Uh, dysmenorrhea, and I actually ended up putting her on the birth control pill. 
sometimes you've got to just settle for birth control pill to regulate the periods and and all. And sometimes it helps the mood disorders that can follow with it. Um, I mean, there can be a lot of things like um, PCOS is one that we pick up in teenage years, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a metabolic problem. Um, and that really needs, you need help with that. There's a lot of uh, things we can do for that, like metformin, spironolactone, um, better diets, um, you know, getting the testosterone level down, the insulin level down. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a lot of different things. As you get older, of course, your periods get irregular too. And that's when we start checking the all the hormones like uh, the different forms of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, sometimes luteinizing hormone, uh, follicle stimulating hormone, uh, prolactin. So um, it just depends on the age and the other um, concurrent symptoms that you may have. But the others, uh, that's something you really need to, to get a workup on, though, because you don't want to jeopardize fertility and, and um you certainly don't miss out on treating early menopause either. So um, that's, that's covers a lot. So, so come in. So, so would that in. be, would the workup be a, a hormone panel in, in general? Yeah. And probably come in for a Cleveland because that shows all the cortisol, insulin, thyroid, all the, the female hormones and such. And, uh, maybe talk to us before you get that, because I may add some things like prolactin and LHFSH and some things that aren't standard on the Cleveland. Okay. So, um, good question. That is a great question. We got another one here. It came from uh, Mike on Facebook. Uh, thank you for this, Mike. This is a great, great question. And I've actually been interested. I, I haven't asked you this, um, but we, we put out a, a video today on, on lung cancer screening. And, you know, one of the big parts, you know, with lung cancers, obviously, uh, smoking. So, um, you mentioned how, you know, as smoking rates go down, rates of lung cancer have also gone down. Um, so his question here is smoking rates among men, especially Tennessee men where we, where we are, are higher than national averages. Uh, what's your thoughts on vaping? Um, and you know, is it, does it have similar consequences? Um, you know, it's true that in Tennessee, we, we have higher obesity rates, smoking rates, alcoholism, drug abuse, um, all those great things. Uh, so that's why there's no lack of business among doctors in Tennessee. Um, but yeah, men tend to smoke more than women. Men's health in general, as you know, Mike, are, are worse than women. Women seem to take care of themselves a little better and um, in most, most all aspects. Um, so yeah, with Van, a word about lung cancer, it is on the way down because there's less smoking overall nationwide than it used to be. Um, and there's even, you know, if you catch lung cancer early, you know, you can cure it. That's why we do a lot of low dose, um, uh, CAT scans, uh, on lungs to try to pick things up, especially if you have a smoking history. Um, we, we pick a lot of stuff up that way. Um, vaping, you know, I'd rather you not do anything, but, uh, I'd rather you vape probably than, um, than I would smoke because there's so many tars and all this stuff in the, in the cigarettes that, uh, you don't see in the vaping. Now, nicotine in itself, if it was just pure nicotine, uh, 
is not the horrible thing that most people think. It may even have a few beneficial effects, believe it or not, um, even in preventing dementia. But the problem, nicotine is surrounded by all this other bad stuff. Um, so um, the the vaping, the problem, you know, a few years ago, <clears throat> the kids were all vaping. I mean, I bet half of these high school kids around here used to vape. I think a lot of them got scared off of it because it killed a lot of kids that were putting these weird perfumes and glue-like substances in the vaporizers and it was giving them glue lungs. And it was, they were ending up in the ICU on ventilators. So that cut out a lot of it. And they've gotten a lot stricter with um, the things that they can put in those, those vape pens. So I, I would say, um, I'm not big on it at all. I mean, I don't want anything in my lungs except for fresh air. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I don't recommend it, but I, I would take it over cigarette smoking for sure. Okay. In any day. Well, what's your, out of curiosity, what's your, what's your thoughts on cigar smoking? Is it any better for you than, than <clears throat> cigarette smoking? I remember the first puff you took on a cigar back when you were about 10 years old. <laughs> about knew, once I, a year, I, I me and a friend would, would, would smoke a cigar, not really inhale it or anything. But anyway, you were watching us one night and you just dying to get a puff. And so you took one puff, immediately turned green, threw up. I don't think you've had a desire to smoke a cigar since, have you? Uh, that, that was a, a good parental tactic. If that's what you were, if that's what you were doing, if you were trying to scare me off from smoking cigars. Uh, but I do remember that. And I, I didn't ask that, um, thinking I would get you to, to say that, but yeah, I, I do remember that, uh, vividly. Yeah, um, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, most people that I smoke a rare cigar, you know, uh, don't inhale it, you know, um, and if you smoke a lot of cigars, of course, it's pretty dangerous. I mean, it can cause cancer. It's like any smoke can, um, and even oral cancers if you're chewing on it all the time. So, um, you know, I don't recommend it, but, you know, a few times a year, if you just want to get out and smell, they smell good. You know, it's kind of like a pipe or something. It kind of smells good. So, you know, rare times not going to hurt you. But, uh, <laughs> certainly, you know, that, not everything we do for, for us is great but yeah so yeah i would say i'm not against it uh, on a rare basis so well thank you for that and and guys if we we are going to go to the live questions um and uh and get to that part of the the show oh we had great questions come in so thank you for for the people who um submitted those uh so we are going through the comments now if you have a question go ahead and put it in if not that is no big deal um, but the, the cigar thing was, was, is, is funny. I, I, I do remember having a little bit of, uh, PTSD from, from, from that experience. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. Um, we'll have to see here. I'm going to, I'm going to check to see if we got any over on, uh, our email. If you want to, uh, send that through email, you can, uh, info at performancemedicine.net. Uh, and if no questions, we're going to get off here uh, in the, a little early. Uh, it's a, a nice, nice night here. Is it a nice night where you are? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm going to go for a bike ride tonight. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I'll show, let me show you the two new things I'm doing this week. Now, can you get my monitor and my bottle? 
I'll just show something pretty cool just for, you know, just fun. We're going to cut it short tonight. We do have a, um, a, a have few, my water bottle too. We have a few questions um, coming in. So go ahead and show us that. All right. Let me show you. Of course, um, this is my little continuous glucose monitor. And this is my new jug of water. I'm drinking one of these a day. So I find that if I carry this around, I drink more water. I'm definitely not drinking enough water. So <laughs> I'm down kind of towards the bottom. That's just 80 ounces, but it's pretty good. Now, this this is pretty cool. I'll show you what it is. My little continuous dot on my monitor. So I just turn this on. And even through my shirt, it'll do it. You just... You hear that? And my sugar popped up a little bit after my meal. Um, I purposely have been trying to eat something off my diet to see how much it popped my sugar up. And if I eat anything with sugar in it, it really pops it up. So it, it gives me a good clue as to what I need to do to eat. So I recommend that for anybody that's a little insulin resistant like me. I tend to get hypoglycemic, which means I'm insulin resistant. So I can learn through this. I'm just doing a two-week trial of it, and then I'll know what to do more. So <laughs> it just continually checks your blood sugar. So it's a really great tool for kind of letting you know what you can eat and shouldn't eat. Everybody's different. So it's just kind of interesting. You you and Andy did a, a, a an outside-the-box demo on that. You guys should check that out. It's it's. It's actually pretty funny. It's a it's it's entertaining and educating at the same time. So I encourage everybody to go check that out. Um, Mark has a, a a question here. I'm gonna put that up here. Uh, do you have recommendations for treating summer allergies? Can you make suggestions for herbal remedies? Um, you know, one of the best things, Mark, is is taking these uh, pre and probiotics. I think that helps a whole lot. Um, you know, there's I like. I like, you know, honey that's raw and, you know, unpasteurized. I think that helps allergies a lot. Uh, bee pollen helps a lot. Um, L-lysine helps a lot. Um, you know, staying away from those things that you know trigger your allergies like cats and dogs if you have that problem. Uh, you know, certain some grasses and pollens and things like that. Keep a lot of the flowers from out of the inside of your house. Use HEPA filters in your house. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of allergies this summer. I saw several today that actually a couple of them I had to give an allergy shot. And um, which is something we have in our office. Well, it's a sinus shot really. It's, it's a little bit of cortisone with bromfenirumine, which is an antihistamine. And if you have to get some over-the-counter stuff, you can certainly use Zyrtec and Flonase. Those are my two favorite that I tell people to get on as far as uh, just over-the-counter medicines. But yeah, that's a good, great question. You, um, you know what's interesting? Uh, one thing that's really helped me is is actually nose breathing. Um, in, a, in, a, in a very strange way, when I started to uh, practice nose breathing and be super intentional with it, um, my allergies went away essentially. And I used to deal with allergies um, year round. So it's kind of, that's kind of fascinating, isn't it? That is a great point, Ben. I saw, I saw an allergic reaction to a bee sting today. 
um, had to give him a shot of cortisol. It wasn't an anaphylactic reaction, but it was a pretty good uh, couple stings, and the arm just swelled up, you know, really almost twice the size, very red. And uh, it's just interesting today. So the bee stings, um, and, and I actually ended up giving him a prescription for an EpiPen because, um, you know, that's, that's something that will save your life. If you, if you can't breathe or choking, you got to get your EpiPen on, you know, certainly given EpiPens through, through my career and uh, saved a few lives. Uh, a lot more people die of bee stings than snake bites for sure. That's um, interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. Scary. scary. It's a, definitely a, a treatable life saving technique if you have an EpiPen around if you see somebody that's having and not only bee stings but some food allergies can cause anaphylaxis like uh, peanuts and shellfish things like that so all right brandy brandy has a question and, and we appreciate brandy brandy always has these great questions and uh and she came with one today so thank you for that brandy um you mentioned a lot of autoimmune get gets linked back to lyme disease is there a specific panel you draw for that, that, that can tell you for sure? Well, there's nothing that can tell you for sure, but I like the Western blot test. Um, the uh, ELISA test is the screening most people get, but you really need a, a Western blot that shows all the different bands. And the CDC is very unclear about this as far as actually making the diagnosis of um, Lyme disease, but you can get a pretty good clue from looking at these bands, you know, you have to have a certain number of bands that turn positive, but there's certainly a link between um, a lot of autoimmune diseases and Lyme disease and Lyme, we call it Lyme plus because there's a lot of other Lyme like diseases that won't even test positive for Lyme because it's not Borrelia. It may be Bartonella. It may be Ehrlichosis. It may be, there's like 30 different types that, uh, wouldn't even get picked up by a Lyme test. And that's just the ones we know. There's probably hundreds more that we don't even know about. So sometimes we'll empirically treat uh, with a doxycycline and, um, you know, they seem to get better. I'm talking about diseases like lupus, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia. Um, and certainly you don't have to have a tick bite or target rash to, to have Lyme disease. Go read the book uh, Chronic by Dr. Phillips. Great book. Great book. We did a podcast on that. Thank you for that, Brandy. And, I, and Deborah has a great, great question uh, that could help a lot of people. How do you get the the monitor, the continuous glucose monitor? And uh, there is a two yeah. week, there is a two week trial. Uh, why don't you kind of walk yeah. us through how somebody might sign up for that? I just wrote a script for one today, and um, supposedly you get mine came free. I'm on Medicare because I'm old. Um, so, and usually Medicare doesn't cover as well as commercial insurance, but just get a prescription for it from me or your doctor. And um, uh, you're supposed to be able to get a two week free trial. I did send somebody over to some pharmacy and they were going to charge them 500 bucks, but just look for the coupon, look it up on the internet on how you can get a two week trial of this freestyle Libre that um, I just showed you. Would that be on? This is, this is so fun. I would, love, I love looking at this. Would that be on a uh, good RX? Out of curiosity, do you think you can get a coupon there? I'm not, I'm not sure if GoodRx covers medical devices. Um, Deborah, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get a more detailed answer for you um, because 
uh, that this is that's something that a, a lot of people I'm sure are thinking, especially uh, once we we start talking about it a lot more. We, we're we're in the middle of doing a a series uh, on the battle against sugar and and uh, the continuous glucose monitor is a big part of that. Um, I got a question here from Ten Dad that um, that is uh, very applicable to lots of people, I'm sure. Tim asks, I have a question. My doctor has prescribed testosterone shots to increase my levels. He started at 1 ml, but has now upped it to 1.5. The bottles are 200 milligrams, and I can only get 1 ml out of them. Is it okay to get the 0.5 out of another bottle? That's a great question. Uh, you could, you know, or you can get a 10 milliliter bottle, which is what I prefer. But one mil is 200 milligrams, which is a pretty good dose. So you're taking 300 milligram, and I, I, you should be taking it weekly. Hopefully your doctor is prescribing it weekly because that's as long as it lasts. Um, and a lot of docs don't know that you need to do a weekly dose of that. Sometimes I'll even split it up into twice weekly shots at a lower dose. That seems to work better. Or even use pellets, uh, which continuously keeps it at the same level over about six months. So. That's my preferred way of doing it. As a matter of fact, the first way testosterone was ever replaced was pellets. So um, hopefully you're getting it once a week. 200 milligram, you know, weekly is a pretty dang good dose. I, I can only think of maybe two patients I have on 300 milligrams a week if you're getting it weekly. So hopefully you're not doing it 300 milligram every two weeks. That's because after about seven days, you're really going to go down. You also need to make sure they're checking your estradiol levels and your hematocrits. So, um, but yeah, you could, if for some reason you need that high dose, you can get the another 0.5 out of the other bottle. Um, you could, yeah. So that's, that's not a problem getting it out of another bottle. No, just draw it up and remember using 18 gauge to draw up and shoot it with a 23 or 25. It's thick. So. Cool. Tim, thank you for that question. Guys, thank you for uh, – oh, Tim uses the freeze straw. Is, is that the one – I'm assuming he's talking about the continuous glucose? You think that's Yeah, freestyle free Libre. That's what this is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. guys, this has been a blast. Uh, Dr. Rogers, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, for all those that are uh, with us live, thank you for – for hanging out uh, on this Tuesday. For the people listening on the podcast, thank you for uh, taking your walk with us or uh, doing your, your workout. Um, this has been amazing. Dr. Raj, I'm going to let you go get your walk in, and uh, I'm going to do the same. Hey, thanks, Ben. I'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys. We will see you guys next week, same time, 7 p.m. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel that has all of these videos. Uh, new show, Explain This with Robin Riddle, is uh, on fire right now. So check that out. It's on thyroid. Uh, we will guys, we'll see you guys next time. No, don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.